Um, how many of you would say that occasionally or maybe often you have runaway thoughts? That every once in a while you just get really fearful about something, you get anxious about something, you worry about something that makes no logical sense at all, but you just kind of allow it to consume you and it kind of runs away in your brain. Just mass confession, all hands uh, that have ever had runaway thoughts. Okay. Now, uh, for me, this first time I remember these runaway thoughts of fear and anxiety and worry took place when there was a vehicle that would actually transport me in the morning and it was this dreaded object right here. The yellow school bus. And the yellow school bus would just kind of get me so freaked out and overwhelmed. And why would it? Because the bus driver was really mean and the kids were out of control. And I even got bullied by one of my neighbors. I think we have a picture of the big bad bully right here. That is Tiffany Walls. Okay? I don't even care if we give the last name. Um, this was the meanest girl in our school. She was meaner than any boy with facial hair. I'm telling you. In fact, when I was in first grade, one day she walked up uh, through the bus down the aisle, grabbed my brand new hat and threw it out the window. And as a first grader, I started crying and I was so overwhelmed. And I told the bus driver, I went up and I said, you know, she threw my, 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 my hat out the window. And you know what he did? He started laughing. He literally laughed in my face. And ever since then, I've just not had any good experience with a yellow school bus. And yet... My parents, every single morning, would put me on the bus. And they would smile. And my dad even had a phrase that he would say every single morning, Have fun on old yeller. Now, this is what I want you to know. True story. I still, if I will look at a school bus very long, I get anxious. And I kind of have a little bit of a heart palpitation if I just start thinking about it. Now, my question for each one of you is this. What is your yellow school bus? Maybe for some of you, it is your health. And every single time that you get a headache, you immediately have a runaway thought, it's going to be a brain tumor. And that's you. Maybe for others of you, it's your finances. And whether you're in debt or whether you have a lot, whenever your finances come around, you think to yourself, I'm going to lose it all. I'm going to be homeless. I'm not going to have anything. It's all going to be gone. Maybe for others of you, it deals with your kids. And every time you think about your kids, sometimes you have these runaway thoughts that they're going to go to school and they're going to get into sex, drugs and rock and roll and guns. And pretty soon it's going to be over. And you just have this runaway thought. Maybe for some of you who are students who are here today, maybe for you it's when you're studying for a test and you study and you do everything you can, but you're like, I'm going to fail it. I'm going to fail every test. I'm going to do this. Can anyone relate to runaway thoughts or am I the only one who's crazy? Does anyone else have crazy thoughts that come into your mind? Sure. Now, folks, our minds can easily run away from us. 
So today, what I want to talk about is your mind and worry. And our big idea that we've had throughout this entire time, and it's your first fill-in, you can fill it in now, either on the app or in the program, is this. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. We've said that the last few weeks. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Now, in your brain, there is an almond-shaped piece of it called the amygdala. Amygdala. And it's kind of wired to make you afraid of things that could be dangerous or could actually hurt you. Um, For example, it might be something that would bite you. And so the amygdala kicks in and all of a sudden it's like, oh no, there's a snake. I'm scared. I'm afraid. It might bite me. It might be a spider. It might be your spouse. I mean, you know, it could be anything, folks, uh, that you get afraid of. But it's hardwired to protect you. And so it's only the size of a little almond. But what your brain needs to give it some balance is sometimes it needs help from a part of the brain called the prefrontal cortex. And this is the logical part of your brain. So the amygdala kind of helps you to be afraid of things to keep you safe, but the prefrontal cortex actually helps you to be logical about it. And this is the part of the brain that speaks up to the amygdala when the amygdala kind of goes out of control. So let me give you an example. Let's say all of a sudden you're asleep when in the middle of the night you hear a crash. There's this big bang, and immediately you wake up and your amygdala kicks in, and it's like, I'm going to die. There is somebody in the house. Someone's doing something. And pretty soon what happens, the prefrontal cortex comes in, though, and logically says, no, I don't think that's what it is. I think it's the guinea pig cage. And so you wake up, you go to the guinea pig cage, and sure enough, the guinea pig's going up and down all around. It locked off kind of the water bottle, and you're like, oh, that was it. So the prefrontal cortex comes into play, and you think to yourself, well, logically, if I want to get some sleep, I've got to move this guinea pig. So your best thought is to take the guinea pig cage, take it downstairs, put it in the garage, and you think you've settled it. You come back up, you come to bed, you turn to your spouse, and they ask you, what was that noise? You say it was the guinea pig. They say, well, what did you do? Well, I put it in the cage in the garage. It's below zero, Chris. The guinea pig is going to die. Sometimes you need help with your prefrontal cortex. I'm just saying I've experienced this before where something happens and then luckily I have something different that helps me to think more logically, my prefrontal cortex. Folks, without your prefrontal cortex, though, the amygdala just responds according to programming. In other words, I see a yellow school bus, and it's dangerous. Something bad is going to happen. I know it will. And you know, the reality is, is that many of you, because of the way that you've lived, your brain has been pre-programmed to respond to triggers. That there are some unhealthy zones in your life that create worry and anxiety and fears that are irrational, they're runaway thoughts, 
But when you see something, when you hear something, when you think about it, it triggers a response in your brain that leads to fear and to unhealthy thinking. And so Paul tried to help us to understand that we could control some of this. And Paul was a guy who wrote close to half of the New Testament. He's considered one of Jesus' closest followers. And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, he says this, Be anxious about everything, and in every situation, worry. Is that what he says? No! That's not the version. That's the version we have sometimes. But that's not what Paul says. Paul, who, when he writes this, is in prison in Rome. He's handcuffed to two guards 24 hours a day. He's waiting for trial for his, what he thinks is going going to be his execution. And all of that, he turns to God and he says these words. He says, do not be anxious about, what's the next word? Anything. But in every situation... When you're financially overwhelmed, when you're concerned about your health, when you're having all kinds of financial struggles in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, what do you do? You present your request to who? To God. And the what? What's the next three words? Peace of God. The peace of God, which transcends all. All understanding will guard your hearts and your what? Your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, notice what we can achieve in this. Notice what we can experience. He says you and I can experience peace. But How do we achieve it? How do we experience it? How do we have it to its full? Well, the scripture says that the way that you do that is that you create a pathway of prayer. That you actually create a pathway of prayer in your life. In every situation, by prayer. In every situation, by prayer. Prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is talking to God. It's having a conversation, talking and listening back and forth. Now, uh, the reality is, though, is that for many of us, we have a tendency to make prayer a last resort. We make it the last thing we do. Have you ever heard this before? A person comes up to you, they're dealing with a whole bunch of stuff, and they're like, well, I guess all we can do now is pray. You know, it really stinks. But uh, I've done everything I can, and, you know, my gosh, all we can do is pray. Folks, I don't think the God of the universe looks down from heaven. I just can't imagine him doing this, looking down and goes, well, yep, that really stinks. I mean, it must be bad. I mean, if it's this horrible and you're coming to me, you're in a shape. I mean, like a bad shape. And so now all you can do is just, like, turn to me. That's it. Folks, let me tell you this. Prayer is not a last resort. Prayer should always be the first line of offense. 
It's the first line of offense, not a last resort. It's something that you turn to regularly. When something happens, when something's going on, what can you do? You can pray. You can pray immediately. And we can go to the throne of heaven and we can pray and give our request to God. And not only does he hear, but he actually wants to answer your prayers. Folks, prayer not only changes the heart of God, but it also can change the chemistry of your brain. Praying to God renews your mind. There's a term that I've been uh, studying over the last month, and it's called neurotheology. Now, what's neurotheology? Neuro is, uh, what's that mean? Neuro means the brain. It means your mind. Theology is our view of God. So it is this relationship between your mind and your belief in God. This is the study that happens with your brain through prayer. Now, are you guys ready for something that is going to blow your mind? Okay? We are about blowing minds today, okay? Here it is. Prayer not only is something that changes the heart of God, it actually can change your brain. Prayer can do this. Dr. Carolyn Leaf wrote a book called Switch on Your Brain. And throughout her study, she found this out. It says this. She says, it has been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can, measure, that it can be measured on a brain scan. 12 minutes, that's it, daily of focused prayer actually changes the chemical makeup of your brain. It does. Folks, prayer can not only change the heart of God and you want him to do something, but it can change your thinking. It can change your mind. This is why Paul said this in Romans chapter 12. He said this, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world or the thought process of the world, but be transformed, be made different. What does it mean to be made different? How are you made different? Scripture says this, By the renewing of your mind. You see, folks, one of the reasons why we are constantly encouraging people to read the Bible is because the Bible can renew your mind. That's why we have reading plans. You can look at them at the guest connections or you can look on our website. But we want people to read the Bible because it can renew your mind and prayer to God actually transforms your mind. So if we have these two tools of Bible and prayer, why do we worry? Why do we get freaked out all the time? Well, this is the reason why. Um, sometimes what happens is that the amygdala actually gets hijacked. Something happens to you and immediately you panic. 
you freak out. You're like, ah, this isn't going to work. And prayer's not going to do anything whatsoever. Neuroscience says when that happens, there is amygdala that is getting hijacked. And in the midst of that, neuroscience says, well, it's your prefrontal you know, cortex that does that. But what does Paul say? Paul says that when that happens, when you're freaking out and you're panicking, what's taking place? You are giving into sinful thinking. You're giving into lies. You're giving into things that are not of God. You're giving into what I called a couple of weeks ago, stinking thinking. You have these negative thoughts about yourself and everyone else. And it is worry. It is this sense of being dominated by worry. So, what is worry? What is worry? You can define worry this way. This is your next fill-in. Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God. Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and power of God. And I want you to know that I regularly fall into this sinful trap. Worry is saying, God, I don't believe you're quite good enough to take care of this. God, I don't trust you enough to take care of that. This is where the amygdala gets hijacked and we turn to sinful, unhealthy thoughts in our minds. We turn to stinking thinking. That's why we are commanded, Scripture says, to capture every thought that is not of God and make it obey Jesus Christ. You and I, when the first thought comes, not after we've been worrying and stewing about it for hours or days or weeks or months, we capture it immediately and we make it obey Jesus Christ. And folks, when you choose to do this, when you choose the the Spirit of God to control your thoughts rather than worry, anxiety, and fear, it leads you to a different place, to a place of life and peace. Now, the question becomes, how do we do this? How do we overcome the worry and we have peace? How do we lead a life of peace and not giving into worry? Well, let me explain it to you this way. Um, You do what I do. Something happens in your life, and this happens, or that happens, or the other thing, and this thought, and all this stuff hits you, and all of a sudden, you are worried. You are overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed to the max. And what happens is, you finally get so worried that you say, God, I'm going to take this worry, and I'm going to give it to you. Take this worry, Lord. Take it. God, you didn't do enough. I'm taking it back. Right? Now, why do we do this? Why in the middle of the night do we become so overwhelmed that we take our worries away from God. We say, no, God, I'm taking them away. God, I'm, I'm taking those. I'm taking these. I'm not going to keep them myself. Why? Why do we do that? 
Well, the problem is, is that your worries are too big and your God is too small. And so this is what we have to do. We have to make ourselves a bigger God and smaller worries. That's what you have to do. Now, for some of you, what you need to do is make a God box like this. In fact, in our house, we have a box. It's a trusting God box. And it's smaller. It's not as nice as this. It's just a small little box. And we have a trusting God box that we have there. And what takes place is, is we put our worries in there. Now, for some of you, you can make a a shoe box. I don't know what it is. But you just put God on it. And every time you have a worry, symbolically, you write it down on a piece of paper and you put it in the God box. So it might be your 13-year-old daughter. You're really worried about her and what's going on. You put it in the God box. Maybe for others of you, it's a fear of finances. And so you're worried about it. You put it in the God box. You have a fear of the future. You put it in the God box. It could be a relationship. It really doesn't matter what it is. But whatever is worrying you, you put it in the God box. And you say, God, I'm trusting you with this person. I'm trusting you with this problem. I'm trusting you with this situation. And then you just go on with life because God has taken it. Now, in the middle of the night, if you wake up and you start worrying and freaking out about whatever it is, what you have to do is you have to walk to wherever the God box is and you take it away and you say, God, I do not trust you with this. I'm taking it back. That's what you have to do. That's what we do In our house. But what are we to do? Well, Scripture says this. That we are to cast all of our cares upon Him because He cares for you. And the reality is, folks, when you give your life to Christ, you're not only kind of giving your worries to God... But you actually give your entire life to God in Jesus Christ and you are hidden in God because of Christ. And then you go on with your life. We give everything to God. Everything to Him. Now, I know what some of you are thinking right now. Some of you are like, well, sounds like to me you're living in denial, Chris. Sounds like to me that you're trying to ask us that whatever the problem is, we just give it to God, just give it to God, and it's all going to go away. How's that going to happen bunch with my medical bills? Like they come due every month. How is that going to help me to do that? Well, I'm not asking you to live in denial, but I want to give you some steps of how you can actually live a life where you give those burdens to God. And there are three simple steps. Here's the first one that I want to give to you of how you can live a life of peace and not worry. The very first thing is you do what you can do. Okay? You do what you can do. Let's all say that out loud together. Do what you can do. Yeah, you do what you can do. 
So if you're having some health issues, you call and you get a doctor's appointment. You exercise. You eat healthier. You do what you can do. Financially, if you're struggling with something in some way, you do what you could do. What could you do? You could actually sign up for Financial Peace University. It's coming February 16th, um, and we encourage it for people to have that experience, and you do what you can do. The next thing uh, that you can do is that you do what you can do, and then secondly, you give to God what you can't do. You give to God what you can't do. I can't control everything. You can't control everything. So I'm going to give this concern. I'm going to give this problem. I'm going to give this person to God. I'm going to release whatever it is to him. And then ultimately, I'm going to trust God no matter what. I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to give to God what I can't do. And then I'm going to trust God no matter what. Folks, I've shared with you before that I have battled anxiety for much of my life and worry, but over the past couple of years, I've had some victory. And part of that is this whole process of these three steps that I encourage you to think about doing. And what I'd like you to do right now is just to imagine that you are at peace. You are at a full sense of peace. And there is joy that is coming from heaven into your life. And you're trusting God. And you're not worrying about anything else. And I'm telling you folks, you can actually live there. You really can. You can live in that place. But it's a choice. And it's a choice that you have to make every minute of every hour of every day of every week. That I'm going to capture every thought that is not Jesus Christ and I'm going to make it Obey him because your life will move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And so here is my question for you this morning is this. Do you like where your thoughts are taking you right now? Do you like where your thoughts are taking you right now? You know, when I looked at my thoughts over a year ago, I was not happy with it at all because there was stinking thinking going around. Here were my thoughts. Life is hard. COVID is difficult. Church is challenging. I can't get it all done. Nobody cares. Nobody understands. How long can I actually do this? And finally, I had had enough and I was like, God, I'm done with this. I'm done with this kind of thinking. And so, God, I'm going to give you my thoughts, my mind, my every negative piece. I'm giving it to you, and I'm giving you control, and I want your will. Folks, today what I want to tell you is that God has given you a divine power to overcome any stronghold that you have in your life. Any lie, any worry, any of that, God gives you the ability to do that. Worry is not your master. Worry is not your ruler. God is the one who can give you a new mindset to help you think differently, 
You trust God. You do what you can do. You trust God with what you can't do. And then you trust him no matter what. You give yourself the ability to think differently so that your amygdala does not get hijacked and you have new life. So, this week, this is my challenge for you. I want you to bathe yourself in prayer. What does this look like? That for 12 minutes each day, you just set your clock and say, I'm going to pray. I'm just going to do that. And if you do this over eight weeks, not only do you change the heart of God, but you change your mind. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind. Folks, there will always be a battle of your mind. Let's give that battle to Christ and not ourselves. Because Jesus can win that battle. Now, at the beginning of the teaching, I ask all of you to think of three people that you would invite. And a friend, a family member, a co-worker, for you to do that. And so what I was thinking about is this whole process, to do what you can do. So for some of you, what you can do is you can pray for this person and you can invite them once a month. That's what you can do. Do what you can do. You're worried about them. You want them to come to Christ. You do what you can do. Secondly, then, you give to God what you can't do. You can't make them walk in these doors. You can't force them to come to Christ. But you can give them to God. You can give to God so that he has control and you don't. And then you trust their life no matter what. You trust God that he's going to move in their life. So right now, what I'd like you to do is if you have your card, I'm going to invite you to just hold it up for a second. And if you have your phone, you can just kind of hold that up. For those of you on the stream, you can do that as well. And we're going to pray for these folks. So let's pray. God, these are people that are close to our heart. And we desire, God, that they would draw closer to you. Heavenly Father, these names that we've written down, God, they're important to us. And God, we care about them, but even more so, we know that you care about them even more. And we pray, God, that you would open up their eyes to see your truth, that you love them, that you're for them, and that we would see many of them walk through these doors to check out the stream and to know you more. Show them, God, that you have the power to forgive them of everything from their past and that their life would be changed for eternity. We place them into your hands, God, believing that you are going to do a great work in them. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, maybe for some of you right now, the reality is is that you have a burden right now. There's something that's going on in a relationship with a person. 
there's something that's going on in some issue of your life with your kids, finances, your health. It's overwhelming you. You're being consumed by it and you could give it to God. And right now, if you're at a point where you're like, I want to give this to God. I can't carry it anymore. I don't know what that burden is for you. But if you want to give it to God, I want to pray for you. And the way we're going to do this is by simply, all the lights are down, no one's looking around. But if you have a burden that's weighing you down, it's overwhelming, you want God to move in the midst of that, I invite you to simply raise your hand and say, God, please take this from me. God, I need your help with this. And for those of you that are on the stream, you can just type in, I'm giving my burden to God. Let me pray for you. God, I pray right now for each hand that is lifted up. I pray, God, that you would present each person with a hand that's raised to you. I present them to you. I present their burden to you. As they're lifting their hand up towards you, God, we are giving that burden to you. I pray, God, that it would be released to you, that you would give them peace for what they're going through right now, that they're overwhelmed by. Whatever it is, sickness, a relationship, finances, something else, God, we give that burden to you. And I pray right now, God, that you would give them a peace from heaven that would flow into their lives. God, give them the mind of Christ. Help them to know your truth. And help them to be reminded that when the sun sets them free, that they truly are free indeed. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can put your hand down. Now, for some of you, maybe you're there and you're on the stream or you're here live today. And the reality is you're like, who is this Jesus that you're talking about? Well, let me tell you who he is. He is God's son. He is God's flesh. He came and he taught for 33 years of love and grace that he would give and he would forgive anyone. And he ultimately did that when he went to a cross and he died upon it so that all of your sins were placed upon him and you were set free. And three days later, he said, I'm not just going to be a dead savior. I'm actually going to be a person who actually chooses to come back to life so that you have the gift of of eternal life. And he allowed that to happen. And so today, if you're like, the burden that I have right now is I don't have a relationship with God. I need him in my life. I want to recommit myself to him. Then I'm going to invite you in a prayer. And it's not a prayer that you say by yourself, but it's a prayer that we say in community. But if you're like, I need you, God. I need your love. I need your grace. I need a second chance. I need you then I invite you into this prayer. And I invite you to simply repeat it after me. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I give my life to you. Forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Renew my mind with your truth. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. 
today I give it to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.